Hey guys, this is Pastor Josh from Fresh Church. We are so excited that you are joining us for our podcast today. I do want to tell you that we pray at Fresh Church that you would get involved in the local church in your city. The Bible says that those that plant themselves in the house of the Lord will flourish. And a podcast and an online experience, a YouTube uh, sermon is amazing, but it does not replace the local church, the hope of the world, the community, the family that God has placed all of us in. And so we hope you find that and we hope you enjoy this message today. How many people know that um, you're trying too hard sometimes? Like sometimes you're trying too hard. You're trying to make a way, and God is the one that would say, just, hey, child, write down your request to me. Email me your request. Text me your request. Voicemail me your request. Talk to me. Spend time with me face to face. Whatever it is, tell me everything that's going on. I already know it anyways. Tell me everything. And and here's what I want you to do. Walk away from it. Surrender it to me. Fully walk away from it. Fully surrender it and watch what I will not do. But the problem is we just keep coming back. We just keep coming back to it. We just keep coming back to it. We just keep coming back to it. We're just trying so hard to make something happen for ourselves. And God is like, would you just please let me do it? Would you just please let me handle it? Would you just please surrender everything over to me? And so that's what I've been doing over the last um, couple of months, and it's been just absolutely amazing. And, and I, I, I walked up this morning, and I told the worship team, I said, hey, you know, I, I just really want us to do everything from a place. We do nothing for God. We do everything from God. Do you know that? I, if you believe that you do anything for God, you're believing a lie. Because what can you really do for God? He is the creator of the whole entire universe. He is the one that can, that can make lightning uh, with his snaps. Can you do that? You do nothing for God. We do everything from God. When we are saved, when we are redeemed, when we are bought with the precious blood of Jesus and we become a brother to Jesus and we become a son to the Father and we become one with the Holy Spirit and he begins to walk in us and live in us, then he tells us where to go with him, not for him. Do you get that? He says, I want you to do it with me, son. One of my favorite mentors, his son was going through a really hard time in his life one time. And, and in fact, he, he grew up in church, and this guy was a pastor, and, and he said, I don't even want anything to do with the church anymore. I don't want anything to do with God. I don't want to do anything with anything. I'm just in my own little thing. And so you know what this guy did? He decided that he would open up a business, and the only reason why he would open up a business is because it was the only thing that his son would do with him. Isn't that powerful? And now three years later, he's, he's, he, he's completely saved. He's completely redeemed. God is doing so many amazing things through both of them. But I think it was because of that time when his son was going through the darkest period of his life. He didn't run away from him. He said, no, I still want to do things with you. I want you to know if you're in the darkest period of your life that the father is still right there. And he's saying, I want to do everything with you. Even right where you are. I'm not afraid of the darkness. I bring light into it. I bring light into it. And so I, I just want you to, 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 to know that everything that we do, we do from a place with God. Everything that I'm going to preach this morning to you, I believe that it is through, it is only with God that I'm able to do it. You know why? Because I study the scripture, I do everything that I can throughout the week, but I've gotten to the place where I don't even have any notes up here. All I have is a Bible. That's it. I have no notes for you. I have no three points. I have no anything like that. I, I, I'm going, God, you just speak. How about that? 
I just totally surrender that to you. So why don't you do that? And I believe that he'll move in our midst. I really do. And so I want to talk to you today on a subject that I think that every single one of us need to hear. There, there, there's a couple of things in life that we always need to hear, but I think there's certain times of life where we can't get enough of the, this message that I'm going to speak to you and, and some of the stuff that we're going to dig into over the next couple of weeks. And, and God's been doing a, a major work in my life through all of this as well, too. And I want to talk to you on the spirit of warfare. Uh, the, the, the place that we find ourselves is in war. Do you know that? The place that we find ourselves living every single day is in a war. I want you to, 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 to check out what um, C.S. Lewis, he's a, a famous author, and he said, enemy-occupied territory. That's what this world is. Christianity is the story of how the rightful king has landed. You might say landed in disguise and is calling us all to take part in a great campaign in sabotage. We are at war. We find ourselves in a place of warfare right now. You woke up and there were two things that were coming against you right now. There are two things that are coming against you. There's three things that are coming against you. There's four or five things that are coming against you. You had one good thought and you had 48,000 negative thoughts even before you got here. Did you know the average person thinks 48,000 negative thoughts a day? Seriously. 48,000 negative thoughts a day. That's why the Bible is so, so, so heavy on the fact that we are to take every thought that we have captive. That we are to run it through a certain filter. Because there's war going on in our minds every single day. There is war going on. Because you have God who has saved you, who has redeemed you. But then you have the prince of death, the Satan. And he is on the presence of this planet. And he is the prince of death. Every single one of you, before you know Jesus Christ, you are a slave to sin, as we just sang. You are in bondage to the prince of death, whether you believe it or not. You know why? Because you're going to die. That's the only reason why, first and foremost. And so, when I've said this before over the last couple of weeks, I'm going to keep coming back to it because I, I think it's so important for us to get. Because Satan is known as the prince of death. He literally held the keys to death. But then Jesus comes, he dies on a cross, and then he takes the keys away from the prince of death. And he laughs in his face and says, death, where is your sting? You don't have it anymore. So when you're in Jesus, you have the keys of death and hell. And, and, and then you are alive to Jesus. You are alive to Jesus. But it doesn't mean that that prince doesn't want to draw you back in. And there's a war going on. Look what it says in Ephesians. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Your struggle is not against your wife. Your struggle is not against your son. Your struggle is not against your neighbor. Your struggle is not against that person on Instagram that you were envious about. Your struggle is not against anyone else. Your struggle is against the rulers, against the authorities, 
against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Paul knew that the place that we found ourselves was a place at war in this very moment. One day, King Jesus will bring final peace, but that's not where we live. Yes, he has, here's the good news, we live from a place of victory already. There's rebellion. There's rebellion that happened in the heavens, and there's rebellion that has happened on the earth. And that is the place that we find ourselves today. And that's why there's mornings when you get up, and, and, and there's a, a, a force that is around you, and, 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 and you can't even really describe it sometimes, but you know that it's a lie. You know that it's not true. You know that there's a voice speaking something to you that you know is not there, and that is what those demons are doing. That's what the enemy is doing. That's what the adversary, the accuser, is accusing you, wants to remember your past. This week on fall break, we went to um, Boone, North Carolina, and I grew up about 68 miles away from Boone, North Carolina, and there was a time in my life where I just wanted to, I wanted to, to, to move to Boone and go to Appalachian State and just party and, and smoke pot and, and just do all the, the college stuff that you could do, and I was just thinking about that time in my life, and I was thinking about how God saved me from it, but I was amazed at how I was driving through the streets of Boone, and the enemy started reminding me of my past reminding me of all these things that I used to do, accusing me. He is the adversary. And there was one morning where I woke up and I, was, and I just felt really, really weak. And God took me to this story. And if you've got a Bible, I want you to turn there to 1 Samuel chapter 17. For some of you, you're like, okay, I know this story. This is the story of David versus Goliath. I've read it, and I have heard it, and good luck, like, trying to teach me something new about this, because I've known this since I was in the third grade, I've known this since I was in preschool, and, but how many people know that when you approach the Word of God with new eyes, that you can always get something new out of it, amen? And that's what happened this week, starting in verse 32, David said, to Saul, I'm going to be reading from the Amplified Version. Let no man's courage fail because of him, Goliath. Now, here's what you need to know about Goliath. And this is kind of really weird for some of you. And I want to really uh, encourage you to go to YouTube and watch the Bible Project videos, okay? Because you have to remember that Goliath was one of the last giants that were from the Nephilim that they described in that video. And he was one of the last giants that was on the face of the earth. One of the reasons why God sent the Israelites into the promised land was to destroy all of the giants. And that's why they were at war there. And they said, yes, there's giants over there. But he said, but I am with you. I am bigger than all the other giants that live there. And we will take them out together. Why? Because they were pure evil. Goliath was pure evil. Evil, because every day he would go out and he would defy the, 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 the command of the Lord 
God. He would defy the Lord God. He would spit at the Lord God. He would anything that spits at the Lord God, anything that just wants to talk negative about the Lord God, anything that wants to defile the Lord God is from Satan. Or is under demonic oppression. You need to know that. And this is what Goliath would do. Let no man's courage fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with the Philistine. Then Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight him, for you are only a young man, and he has been a warrior since his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant was tending his father's sheep when the lion or bear came and took a lamb out of the flock. I went after it and attacked it and rescued the lamb from its mouth. And when it rose up against me, I seized it by its whiskers and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like them. Since he has taunted and defied the armies of the living God. There it is. David said, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the bear, he will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and may the Lord be with you. Now go back to the very beginning of this, this, uh, this, this scripture. Here's what I want you to know. David said to Saul, who is David in the scripture? David is a foreshadowing of Jesus. David was a savior at that time. David was supposed to be the foreshadowing of Jesus in scripture. And so I want you to think about the fight that you're fighting right now. Because here's what the Lord told me. David said to Saul, or Jesus said to Josh. Because I woke up, and I was being accused, and I was being attacked. And I got to this scripture, and it was like Jesus said to Josh, do not let your courage fail because of a Goliath. Do not let your courage fail because of a giant that's trying to come against you. Whatever your giant is right now in your life, whatever it is that the enemy is accusing you of, whatever it is that the adversary is coming against you in, do not let your courage fail because of the giant. What is it? You need to, 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 to muster up some courage. You can't let your courage fail because of this giant. Because why? Your servant will go out and fight the giant. How did Jesus come? He came as a servant, not a king. Now, he was the king, and that's what's so amazing, is that the king of kings, the Lord of all, would come as a servant. And so that's why he says, you go be a servant for someone too. But he came as a servant. Your servant will go out and fight the Philistine. Your servant, Jesus, he's still serving you. He's at the right hand of the Father praying for you right now. He's interceding for you on your behalf. He is fighting for you. He wants to fight for you. He wants to serve you. He wants to do everything that he can. He will fight for you. I will go out and fight the giant. But Saul said, you're not able to go against this Philistine and fight him, for you're only a young man. He's been a warrior since his youth, and that's the excuse that we make. God comes to us, Jesus comes to us, and he goes, I am the one that will fight this battle. You don't need to fight. You're like, nah, Jesus, I got it. <laughs> that's cool. 
I mean, I know this giant's coming against me. I don't really know what to do about it. He's been coming out for weeks and weeks and weeks and months and months and months. These thoughts have been coming at me for weeks and weeks and weeks and months and months and months. I don't know what to do about it. But I know you're not the answer. It's got to be something else. It's got to be in psychology. It, 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 it's got to be in my mama. It, it, it's got to be by making more money. It, it's got to be by buying that new car. It, it's got to be by getting more stuff. It, it's got to be by drugs or alcohol. It's got to be about, about me having more sex. It's got to be about something else. It can't, you just can't be the answer. It's too easy for you. For you just to be the answer? No way. Like, you just don't look like my answer. Isn't that what we say a lot of times? Jesus is right there. He said, I'm the answer to your problem. You're like, no, there's got to be something else. We have a soft spirit in us like that. And that's why we got to be reminded. And that's why David goes on to say in the next part of the scripture, but David said to Saul, but Jesus says to you, right where you are, your servant was tending his father's sheep. When a lion or bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it and attacked it and rescued the lamb from its mouth. And when it rose up against me, I seized it by his whiskers and struck and killed it. Do you not remember what I've done for you on the cross? Do you not remember how when everything was against me and all the sin of humanity was on me and it looked like it was over, but I then went into hell and I took the keys of death away and I have the victory now and there is nothing that can come against you. Do you not remember who I am? David goes, let me give you a little bit of my resume. Well, let Jesus give you a little bit of his resume. Who in here has, 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 has healed someone that was deaf? Who in here has raised the dead? Who in here speaks and things are made? Who in here has any control over all of the creation? Who in here can go out into the middle of the biggest storm in Florida and when a hurricane is coming down and you just go, peace, be still, and the storm subsides? See, this is your God. This is who is fighting for you. This is who will slay the giant that's in front of you. Let me give you his resume. And when you think about his resume, then what are you going to do? You're going to hand over the armor, aren't you? You should. He's going, I've killed the lion. I've killed the bear. I, 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 I literally went and took the lamb. I literally went and rescued the lamb from its mouth. And when it rose up against me, I just seized it by its whiskers like it was a little kitten and was like, boom, get out of here. My God is with me. You need to remember when the enemy is coming against you that you have a God who has saved you, that you have a God that has redeemed you, that you have a God that has taken on all of hell and came out victorious. Remember it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised, this uncircumcised Philistine, this uncircumcised giant will be like one of them since he has taunted and defiled the armies of the living God. Jesus wants you to know that he cannot stand the enemy in your head taunting and defiling 
a son or daughter that is in the army of the living God. He wants you to know that. He wants you to hear that today. He takes it seriously. He's like, you talking about my kid? What? What? You talking about my kid? Like, that's my son right there. That's my daughter right there. I'm going to step in and do something about it. They don't even need to fight the battle because I am here. I will take you down, giant, because that is my child who I have bought and redeemed. David said, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the bear, he will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and may the Lord be with you. Some of you need to know. See, this battle was never Saul's to fight. Saul may have had pressure to feel like he had to fight it because he was the king. And maybe if he'd been living right with God, Maybe he would know that he had a God that was on his side and that he wouldn't have been afraid of Goliath and he would have went out and won the battle. But see, I think there's sometimes in our lives, though, where we got to know what fights we're actually called to fight and what fights we're not. And there's some of you that are fighting fights that you're not supposed to fight. You got into the wrong battle in the first place. And if that's you, God wants you to know that you just need to put your weapons down and you need to walk away. Because it's not your fight. It's not your fight. And here's what I need you to know. There's some things, the enemy, that those, those, those demons that are, are, are at work in government, that are at work behind you right now, accusing you, saying things to you, breathing lies into your head, Here's what Jesus told me. Josh, this fight that you're against right now, it's not yours. You want to know how to win it? Stop fighting it. And let me slay the giant. David had to say, Saul, let me slay the giant. It's a foreshadowing of Jesus coming and going. Religion will not work for you. The only thing that will save you from yourself, that will save you, is not religion, but me. Me fighting this fight for you. Me fighting on your behalf. Me dying on the cross and resurrecting and giving you righteousness and giving you peace and giving you victory over the enemy. It's not your fight. So that morning, I was, we were staying in a hotel and I people know when you got three kids in a hotel, like it's just, there's no peace there, all right? <laughs> So the only thing I could do is just go to the bathroom. <laughs> so I'm literally just in the bathroom, and I'm like, God, oh, man, I had a bad night. The enemy is accusing me. The enemy is attacking me. The enemy is just putting all these lies in my head. And I felt something. I read that scripture, and I got to that part where, where Saul said, 
go and may the Lord be with you. And it was like the Spirit just gave me permission just to go. It was like Jesus was just sitting there. And it's like a soldier that's so wanting to fight. But guess what? There's some times where, yes, Jesus is fighting for you, but you've got to give him permission to go and slay the giant. David wasn't going to go and slay the giant without the king's permission. And you've got to give authority to Jesus to go and slay your giant. And let me tell you, at that moment when I said, Jesus, you move and you fight on my behalf. It was like Jesus was right there with his sword and he was like, boom! Poof, it was gone. It was gone. And all throughout the day, if I ever heard that lie again, I'd just go, Jesus, fight. And it was like in my head, it was just like, poof, 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 poof. This lie, poof, this lie, poof, this voice, poof, this voice, poof, 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 poof. You know why? Because I was no longer trying to fight. I was letting him fight for me. There's no greater fighter that you could have fighting for you than Jesus. Let me say that again. There's no greater fighter that you could have fighting for you than Jesus. Than Jesus but you've got to give him permission to step into your battle that's going on in your mind and let him fight for you, and he will do it. And those giants, David walked out, and one little stone, poof. The giant was gone. The giant was gone. So here's what I believe. I believe there's some people in here, as the band comes back up, I believe there's some people in here that you've been fighting some giants for a long time. And you've even been asking God to come and fight on your behalf. But here's what I want to ask you to do. Have you ever said, go, Jesus, and fight this battle for me? It's not mine to fight. There are some things where Jesus is going to call you to go into the fight with him. But there's some battles against the enemy where only Jesus can defeat it. Where only Jesus can defeat it. And you've got to give him permission to go and slay that giant. And so here's what I want you to do. I want everybody just to stand up for a moment. I believe that the Holy Spirit is moving in this place right now. So I want you to honor that. And I want you to close your eyes for a moment. I want you to think about the giants. I want you to think about the giant. Maybe there's the giant that you're like, this is the giant. This is the uncircumcised Philistine. This is the giant. This is Goliath staring me down. And it's been staring me down for years, for months, for weeks, since yesterday. This is the accuser in my ear. And here's what I want you to do. I just want you to simply say, Jesus, I give you authority. Fight for me. Fight for my marriage. Fight for my son. 
fight for my daughter. Fight against this lie. Take down the the strongholds of pornography. Fight for my purity. Fight for my mind. Fight. 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 I give you permission. You go and move on my behalf. Fight. Fight. I know I'm in a battle. But it's a battle that I've already won. It's a battle that you've already won. Let me go. And just walk in victory.